What's up, Cody? Hey, Tori. Uh, this is something that we're not going to be doing very often, for sure. But the times and the situation and the world that we live in is bringing the dragon and that sucker to you in a new raw way for today. And it's, it's, it's about the injustices that are going on in the world. And that's not just about George Floyd and how he was murdered, but it is also about the injustices that are happening as a reaction across, across the country and also to call to light some of the, the powerful movement uh, that's happening out there that is showing that people are trying to come together and trying to build a bridge to, to solve the massive atrocities, the massive injustice. Uh, and so who better to share some thoughts uh, and perspectives than that sucker, my brother Tori. Um, and I just want to give him some time with me today to share with you because this is, this is not a great time in our nation. It's not a great time. Oh, well, first of all, Cody, thank you for encouraging me to even do this podcast because my initial thought was, what's the point? Um, mm -hmm. What could we possibly say that hasn't already been said? Um, you know, anybody who's listened to our podcast understands there's a, a special uniqueness to it, mm -hmm. but that isn't always appropriate um, when it comes to the various topics and conversations that we discuss. And clearly this one, it's not uh, appropriate for us to be clowning and, and acting silly because this is a serious matter. We are on the brink of, of martial law. And, you know, th there's been so many things that have happened this year from COVID-19, um, to you know, the entire country locking down or the entire world locking down, um, you know, this threat, that threat, murder, hornets, uh, UFO sightings, parallel universe discoveries. It's, it's been, and we're, we're just barely coming into June. You know, we're not even halfway through the year yet. And now, you know, this, this, this situation with, uh, with George Floyd and, and, uh, and you know, the lady out in, uh, I think, Baltimore who mm, um, yeah. you know, was in her own house and cops broke in and killed her in her own house. It's just more more examples of, of the systematic, fundamental problem that we, um, that we, we find ourselves in, uh, not, not just here in America, but just across the world. Primarily for us, because we live here, um, it, it's affecting us, but you know, we'll, we'll get into it there. <laughs> what I believe the issue is, is, is obviously is, is bigger than um, what we're experiencing here in America. And so I, the one thing about this podcast that I appreciate Cody is you and I <clears throat> have a genuine friendship. We come from different backgrounds mm -hmm. and we can show uh, the world um, that love crosses boundaries, love crosses cultures, love crosses nationalities, ethnicities, race, um, 
and, and other, other characterizations or um, labels or attributes yeah. or orientation or whatever the case may be. Um, love transcends all. And so, you know, that's, that's my heart for this podcast, uh, not just this particular episode, but just this podcast in general. And so, you know, thank, I, you for, uh, thank you for encouraging me to, to get on this with you, man. Can I just say, you know, Tori, that um, it's been interestingly emotional for me uh, you know, because of our relationship, you know, with you and your son, with, um, you know, lady that I grew up looking up to, Dova. She, she was an absolute influence in my life. I think she introduced me, uh, well, you know, the, the way that my parents raised me, right? I think there's a, there's a big thing to say about that, uh, that it doesn't, it, you know, my parents demonstrated that love and friendship is more powerful than anything. Uh, so I just want to say, you know, it, it's been it's interestingly emotional. This injustice has been going on for a long time. And there are certain moments when as a white guy, right? A white male in America uh, that my privilege has shown um, because I don't get it. And it, it really clicked with me yesterday. You know me, I want to empathize with people. I want to know how they're feeling. I want to understand it because I, I'm a question asker. I don't, I usually, you know, there, there's a, a biblical um, reference here, uh, but it's, it's a truth across anything that, and, and I'll have to find it. Uh, and if, if you want, it's in Proverbs, I believe, but it basically says um, one man's story sounds true until somebody else comes along and questions it. Right. Okay. So uh, you know, ask questions. And so I, I've always been that way when somebody comes to me with a story and says, this happened. And I, I ask the question, well, okay, what was the situation leading up? What was, you know, give me, give me all the details. And sometimes that sounds insensitive and I can ask those questions with, without having fear because that's just who I am. Um, and I'm not asking because I don't believe somebody. I, I tend to ask it because I want to find out the truth. I'm a truth seeker uh, in, in that regard. And this emotion that's got me going, um, I instantaneously jumped on the, what the hell's wrong with these greedy, power-hungry police officers? That's my first stop. I'm like, damn, you got my, you got my best friend feeling like he has to be fearful every time he walks out of his house. And um, I don't know if it's okay if I share a couple things real quick that I wrote down. No, go ahead, man. Uh, because I, I can't feel it. And, and, and so my, my thought is uh, around the situation that we're, we're dealing with. And, and I did a lot of reading yesterday just about Martin Luther King and some of his comments and his sermons of love, his, his followers, the, the followers that changed the world that, that did more than a, a, a riot ever could, you know, and in his death, love abounded even more from his, his followers. It, it's incredible. Um, so one is what you said, uh, kind of referenced is the love 
and his quote is that darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can drive out darkness. Uh, and I'm not quoting exactly, but he's, uh, you know, his, his point is he believes that the unfiltered truth, right? That and unconditional love are going to have the final word. And you and I talked about unconditional love and I thought, man, Tori has a unique gift to bring a perspective that many other people can't or won't bring. And then I, I thought, you fear walking out your house. You, you have fear if police, a police officer pulls you over, not, not for any other reason that I fear. I, I just don't want a mark on my record. You fear the, the, real, the real chance that you could have a, a negative interaction with a police officer. And I wrote down, you know, my thoughts were, I fear the fall. The way down is endless. Yet you must fear the 50% chance. <clears throat> Thank you for sharing that, Cody. That's that's powerful, man. That's that's powerful. I went for a walk yesterday evening before cooking dinner. Uh, my son actually helped me cook dinner last night, which was really cool. He texted me while I was out, but I was walking back home and I saw a cop car drive by, and there was just this moment where I actually had to stop and turn around to see if the cop was coming to get me for no reason whatsoever. Wasn't doing anything wrong. Just walking down the street and enjoying a walk. But unfortunately, um, that's, that's my reality. Mm-hmm. Okay. You can, you can, you can be, you can be afraid of cops because you know, you're doing something wrong and you're afraid of getting caught, but it hits a little differently when your, your blood pressure goes up and concern hits you when a cop goes by just because of the color of your skin. And there is no, you're doing something wrong. There is no guilt. There's just, am I going to make it out of this situation? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and that's, that's just really, that's, that's really an unfortunate situation um, that I find myself in and that a lot of people of color find themselves in because the whole point of, law enforcement is to protect and serve so you know having having the feeling that there's a 50 percent chance every time i interact with a cop that i might die um you know symbolically right i'm not saying i'm not saying statistically i'm saying symbolically there there is a good chance that something might happen and then that percentage drops even, or that percentage goes up even higher if I begin to not comply. <laughs> so that's where it really becomes a problem. And so, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, Cody, we should be complying anyways. Whether right or wrong by the cop, we should be complying. We shouldn't be sitting there, you know, challenging the cop and, and resisting arrest and all these other things. Um, we shouldn't be doing that. But... <laughs> people of color can no longer afford to do that because now it's a matter of life and death. 
And I'm speaking again from my perspective only, and I cannot put words in your mouth, or nor do I even attempt to begin to act as if I know what it feels like when I fear something. It's you know, if I were to fear a police officer, it's because I've done something wrong. If I were to fear, if when I fear things, it's because of my actions, not because of the way I look. Although what ends up happening in moments where you have violence and absolute chaos, it makes me not want to go into a downtown area right now. Why would I put myself, I'm sitting here thinking, oh, I'm going to put myself at risk. But again, I would be putting myself at risk. I wouldn't be put at risk because of just the way I look, but I would be putting myself at risk to be in a situation where am I, do I, do I look like I'm somebody that, that uh, has hate in my heart. Right. And that's what it comes down to with what we're seeing. Is there hate in your heart? If there is, there's, there's no way for a, there's no way a riot. There's no way a peaceful protest. There's not a chance that, um, any of my actions, negative actions are going to change that hate. Right. You said you you had a post uh, the other day. I don't know. I don't remember if it was yesterday or day before. You said, let us be the flower in the gun. Right. Or in the barrel. Uh, My gosh, that, what a great way to say that. And I'm not, I'm not advocating people stop protesting. I'm not advocating people get off the streets because there's injustice there there's real injustice we still have racism in our world it's not as overt in 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 everyday life but it comes out in these situations it comes out in people believing that others can't do for themselves that others can't think for themselves right when we get in that group think moment we lose perspective, right? I mean, that's just human nature. Right. My brother's mad. It's time for me to be mad. And then I get five people who are mad. And then I have 25 people that are mad. And then anger leads to violence. Violence leads to hate, more hate on both sides. And we, we create a massive divide. And now we're, we're standing across this huge divide. And we don't know who, who empathizes with us. We don't know who's on our side. Because now we are a color of our skin apart right? instead of our hearts aligned. And that's a scary place to be, especially if we're heading for martial law and a police officer, regardless of the color of the police officer, is wearing their uniform. They are now a target. Right. And then they have to choose a side. This is like the civil war. Why do I have to, you know, why do I have to choose a side? Right. Brother against brother, sister against sister, father against son. And if you look at the grand scheme, aren't we all part of the same family? We are. And that's, and that's the key right there, Cody. That's the key. I've got two cousins that are police officers and of course they're black, Mm. you know, we we can't imagine what they're going through. Hmm. Uh, no, 
But the point is this, and, and you and you just nailed it, right? The issue, the issue is not racism. The issue is not uh, white superior, uh, white supremacy, or or you know black excellence, or wh whatever the case may be. The issue is a condition of the heart. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> we have something inherently inside of us that causes us to treat each other negatively, and you know whether it's Black Lives Matter or, or Colin Kaepernick or any other movement of, of peaceful protesting that we've been doing for years, not being effective, uh, whether it's us, you know, being extremely emotional and, and angry and rioting and looting, um, burning cop cars, burning police department precincts, burning, trying to desecrate news media outlets, um, I don't know if you saw, but yesterday in, in New York, they were trying to blockade cop cars and the cop cars started trying to run over the crowd. Um, that's not going to accomplish anything but more, more hate, more fuel, people, more people dying. People, you know, there was reports of people dying yesterday. And this us or them perspective that we're taking it's not going to bridge the gap. It's not going to address the condition of the heart. I believe the only thing that can address the, the condition of the heart is love and justice. They have to go hand in hand. Now, we as citizens only have so much power when it comes to justice, but we have complete power when it comes to love. Yeah. We can right. love all day, every day, every time we walk out that door, regardless of how we're treated, we can choose to love in response. We can't choose to take justice into our own hands. We're not vigilantes, okay? So the father-son that, that drove down the brother that was running in his own neighborhood, taking a jog and, got, and, and, and killed him, right? Because they thought he was a, a burglar or whatever the case may be. Um, we don't have that right, and mm -hmm. nor should we be even trying to do those things. Um, so the condition of the heart is the root cause love is the answer the challenge though cody is how do you practically love how do you practically cover the condition of the heart with love and that's where where we've been struggling as a society um so i wish i had the 10-step process of how to love and effectively love and, and, and overcome the condition of the heart, which breeds prejudice of every, of, of every type from racism to sexism, misogyny to classism. Um, there, there's so many different facets of this prejudice that comes out of the heart. So I've been trying to figure out, you know, what, what can we do ultimately to, to affect change? Martin Luther King, you know, he did it from a peaceful protest and raising awareness and continuously speaking of love. Um, that worked great in the 60s. Maybe that's not the most effective way in 2020 to, to address this. We've been trying to do it for the last few years and, and hasn't made any, have, have not made any progress there. Matter of fact, what we're doing right now by choosing to be violent that's not 
that's not getting the attention of the people who can who can affect change. If anything, that's causing them to be more defensive. Now we have a president threatening us. Now we have police departments defending themselves and releasing statements um, for the way things are happening out there. Um, so we have a whole bunch of congressmen being quiet. So clearly this is not working. Sure, this is an outlet. I understand why you're doing it. I get it. I get it. We're fed up. We try to do it the peaceful way. It's not working. So guess what? Now you're going to see the other side. But burning down Black-owned businesses, that doesn't fix the condition of the heart of a racist white man. Why would he care that a Black business has got burnt down? If anything, he's celebrating that. Well, yeah, he's... He, he, you're right. I, I haven't heard it firsthand, but I, coming from my perspective and knowing what's out there, knowing who's out there, you're, you're absolutely right. There's, it's breeding, it's a breeding ground for more hate. And so it's I would, unfortunate. I, I would say, you know, ultimately, <clears throat> burning down your own businesses or targeting cops that is not going to change the condition of the heart. What we can do again is we can choose to love every day we go out of the house and we can hold each other accountable. That's where maybe the justice will come. So Cody, you have a lot of people, you know, Mm -hmm having conversations with them, holding them accountable, or you have people you work with. These people, again, could have that same condition. We all have the condition in some way, shape, or form. It may not, it may not translate or manifest as racism, but it could be something else. It could be some other prejudice, right? Mm -hmm. Prejudice towards, you know, the LGBTQ community, prejudice <laughs> towards uh, homeless people, you know, prejudice towards, uh, mentally challenged people, whatever the case may be, handicapped people, whatever the case may be, there, there's there's other prejudice. But but the point is, what we can do is is hold those people we know and those people we work with accountable. If they do something, if they contribute to an atrocity, you know, we we call them out. We we get the cops involved. Whatever the case may be, there's consequence to those actions. We start reaching out to Congress or or you know the government in some in some way, shape, or form the police captain, whatever the case may be, holding them accountable um, to the best of our ability. Uh, but we have to start doing this uh, little by little. Uh, the white, white America cannot sit by or stand by, even if they're indifferent, right? We, 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 we can no longer afford for the indifference of white America to just stand there. Even if, you, even if you don't agree with the injustices or the statistics or whatever the case may be, and you don't see racism, whatever the case may be, you can still choose to hold white America accountable for those things. Wrong is wrong. Okay. What the cop did to, to George Floyd was wrong. Mm -hmm. You might not think he's a racist, but you can hold him accountable. Don't sit there quietly because he lost his job. No, you can be out there advocating for him to be arrested and, and the other three to be arrested or the next time something happens, right? You can you can call them out. So 
That's that's what we need. And then on the, on in Black America, like we we need to stop attacking ourselves. We need to stop attacking ourselves. It's okay for for us to kill each other, but it's not okay for white America to kill us. Like we need to start holding ourselves accountable. And and ultimately doing this through love and accountability, man. I'm hoping will start to bridge the gap. And we'll st- it, may, it may not change racism, but it will hold it accountable. Okay, it's one Absolutely. thing if I it's one thing if I'm a cop and I can go kill an unarmed black man any any time I want, and then I get a paid vacation, and I get a Patreon and a GoFundMe set up for me, and now I'm I'm you know borderline a multimillionaire for killing a black man, and then I come back to work like nothing ever happened after they do it a little due process nonsense with no accountability or, or no, no concern of consequences coming my way, we can no longer afford for that to be the case. We can no longer afford for, uh, you know, my brother's, my nephew, my brother's son, Savion. Glad you brought who, him up, man. Who, who is a, was a black kid a month away from being 18, hanging out with a bunch of white kids, seven o'clock PM near Hampton and I-25, his lifeless body is on the side of the highway. We, we, all the cars going by, there's no witnesses that could have said, this is what I saw, right? We, you know, we, we can't afford to have a white detective who has no interest in the case. Like, uh, you know, I don't have any, I don't have any witnesses. The evidence is kind of sketchy. Uh, you know, we're just going to chalk this up as a, as a suicide because I just don't really care to, to find out the truth. So now I have a nephew with a death certificate and the cause of death is blank. Can I flip that real quick? Sure. What if it was a white kid on the side of the road and was known to have hung out with a bunch of black kids right before? Would we have the same reaction? Would we? Would your nephew's name be known in Denver across the across the U.S.? I, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know. My speculation is that there would be something other than a suicide on the death certificate or unknown or whatever. I agree. Just a thought. I, and no, I'm I not agree. Saying that, I'm not saying in every situation, but in this particular situation to highlight the fact that there still is injustice out there. And again, not every police officer is this way. Not every... That's correct. Um, not everybody is has this condition of the heart, and there are amazing people. I, I mean, I've had interactions with Douglas County Police, for example, that have been absolutely amazing, and amazing. Um, and and so in that there there have been many many moments when I recognize that people are people still. That's correct. You're, we are you're talking about you're talking about accountability and we want to make this fairly, you know, fairly short. So I don't want to take too much time away from you sure. because you're the one with the, with the message for the community. And I think it comes more powerfully from you than from me, but you spoke about accountability. If I mess up on my job at work, if I'm a truck driver and I hit somebody, and I kill somebody, I don't have my job anymore. Right. If it's my fault. If I'm angry at somebody and I throw something at them at school, you know, when I'm a kid, 
and it hurts them badly. I'm not allowed in school. Right. If I'm if I'm at my my regular job, my IT job, and I absolutely blow away data from an environment, I don't have my job. Correct. You know, if I put a bid on a project and I don't deliver, I don't get that job. So the accountability needs to be more private sector than, than a protective um, uh, fraternity that, that we see because there's too much information. There are too many cell phones. There's way too much visibility into the injustice now that it can no longer be protected. It can no longer be hidden. And I understand there needs to be due process because we believe in due process in this country. Right. Um, but when you see, you know, after two days and you've got the evidence and, and there's somebody that's dead, put a priority on holding your, your folks accountable and arrest them. They're innocent until proven guilty still, but a regular citizen doesn't, get to hurt somebody or do something wrong and then not get arrested and just hang Correct. out until, until they figure out if I did it or not. Correct. So some type of cross between protecting the officer's abilities to do their job without worry about um, consequence for doing the right thing needs to be brought to closer to what happens for us when we do something wrong on our job. That's just a practical approach that is not, a, not speaking about the condition of the heart, but no, just absolutely. approach about accountability. And absolutely. And, and that, you know, the accountability for me <clears throat> ties back into the justice. Part, mm -hmm. of, part, of, part of seeking or, or obtaining justice is, is holding people accountable. And so uh, <clears throat> if, if people feel like they can just get away with whatever, then there is no justice. But if no one's, no one's holding them accountable, if they're turning a blind eye, then there's no justice. So I agree 100% with that. Not only that, but uh, if I'm an Uber driver and I've been drinking and I run over a pedestrian, not only am I going to get fired by Uber, I'm probably going to jail. Yep. I'm not going to sit there without a job for four days. While they look into it? while they look into it. Right. Could have been a complete accident. Mm -hmm. I, could, I could have been looking at the map, you know, to try to figure out where my next turn is. And someone just happened to run out trying to, you know, trying to beat the, beat the light or whatever the case may be. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. They'll figure all that out while I'm in jail, right? And we're at, we're at a place now where we can't afford for due process to hold up stuff, okay? We, we can't. Maybe the proper way is for the cop to have two to four days before they arrest and whatever the case may be. Well, not today, not in 2020. In 2020, we have to do things differently. In 2020, he gets arrested immediately and then we'll figure it out. Is it fair to him? No, but guess what? That's where we're at right now. And then maybe we wouldn't be having these riots. But that ain't the point. The point is, the bigger problem is the condition of the heart and we have to work towards that. That's my, that's my hope. That's my prayer. Um, I believe that can only come from something bigger than us. I've put my faith and trust in, in Jesus, Yeshua, because I believe he was the greatest 
example of love on this planet. And he was also uh, a proponent of nonviolence. I had a guy last night going back and forth with me on, on social media talking about, well, Jesus was flipping tables and doing this, that, and the other. And so, you know, Jesus, Jesus did violence too when he needed to. No, that was Jesus's father's temple. That was his house. Okay. That's why Jesus did what he did. He didn't do that because he saw injustices out in Rome or Jerusalem, or whatever the case may be, people getting killed, people being treated this way or that way by the Roman Empire. He didn't start causing riots with his followers out in the streets. You know, it's about context. It's about context. So at the end of the day, when Jesus was being arrested, his followers tried to fight for him. Peter pulled out a sword and was and, and cut off uh, an ear of, of, of the opposition. What did Jesus do? Jesus told him, put your sword away, Peter. Those who live by the sword, perish by it. And he healed the man's ear. Again, once again, he stopped violence. He stopped any type of physical altercation because that's not love. That's not love. Jesus would never ever advocate, go out and take out a group of people in my name. He didn't do it 2000 years ago. He won't do it now. But for me, he is the biggest manifestation rep representation of love. And so as I, as I study his life and I, I, I strive to follow him, I see that what that means is love, 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 and trying to encourage us all to love together. Love it forward, love it forward, love it forward. It's always unconditional. And then encourage people to do the same. So we end up doing it together, love it forward together. If I had a more practical way to get that out there, I would, but that has to be the paradigm, man, that you, you don't fight evil with more evil. Um, you, have to, you have to commit to overcoming evil with love. Light in the darkness always wins. Amen. I mean, that's, that's not just a philosophical statement. It is a reality. It's a truth, right? It's a truth. And that, that does span everything. Tori, thank you for the message today. Thank you for the time. Those of you who heard this, you understand where Tori and I come from. Um, the last thing I want to share is um, we can't see eye to eye, you and I, but we can see heart to heart. And the blood that courses through us, right? That's what that's what is the, that is exactly the same, and that's where empathy can come from, as well as our soul. So when you look somebody in the eye, you may not understand where they're coming from. I don't know what your thoughts are. I don't know how you're how you're reacting to this situation. Because I look the way I look, you have no idea my position on on politics or on uh, the the economics or the, the way of the world um, it's easy to judge somebody by the way they look uh, and it's really fast especially if somebody is a different color than you um, but when we speak heart to heart there's there's empathy there there's an instant instant uh, connection that can be made and that's the message of this podcast across every podcast we'll, we'll, we'll ever do which is that connection that we have and the fact that we believe 
Tori, you and I both believe deeply that there is there is a su superior way to approach a friendship besides just looking the same or having the same economic status or the class status or the or the uh, preference status. It is truly of the heart, the connection at the heart. And so, I love you, man. I'm sorry that this is something that you are, you know, that's bringing to, to surface emotions in your son, emotions in you, emotions in your community. I think that understanding that it's also bringing emotions in my community um, and some good, some bad across both our communities. But I think, uh, you know, seek out the great stories that are happening out there. The, the group of people that are surrounding the group of black protesters who are protecting a single police officer from an angry crowd seek out the white friend black friend asian friend hispanic friend um, native american friend who are locked arm in arm walking through the protests peacefully and putting flowers at at the steps of the city halls and the police stations seek those images out bring those to your life bring that to your world we're going to hear about the other people who have been killed, who have been murdered from both sides. We're going to hear about um, anger. Try to seek the light that's, that's out there because there is light. There are people out there that are trying their hardest to bring us together. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us today. In this, in this moment, this, again, we're living in these unprecedented times that are just emotional and raw and just on edge and um, we can't afford to continue to propagate it. So I love, I love you guys for listening to this. Thank you. Uh, share this message if you can. Please share this message. Amen. Love you, Cody. Thanks, Tori.